Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in April and May, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Monte Cristo, Especialis No. 2, San Cristobal de la Habana, El Principe, Cohiba, Siglo 5, H. Upman, Half Corona, and Hoyo de Monterey, Double Corona. And for New Worlds, we've got E.P. Carillo, Allegiance, in Sidekick, Davidoff, Late Hour, in Robusto, Aging Room Quattro, Nicaragua Sonata, in Maestro, Dunbarton, Tobacco and Trust, Sin Compromiso, Selección No. 4, and the Davidoff, Winston Churchill, in Bellicoso, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica 5 Cigar Company. It's a handcrafted and artisan story built with a strong foundation by two legends, Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame, and Cuban master blender Hamlet Paredes. The entire line is crafted by Rob and Hamlet and refined with feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can jump on the FOH forum right now and post reviews and comments that go straight to the powers that be. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners. Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off Puro Desnudo Ninfas N7, five packs and 50 count bundles using promo code FAB5, that's F-A-B-5, right now at Fabrica005.com. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over 125 bucks US. This offer only lasts one more week. Again, use code FAB5 for 10% off Ninfa's five packs and 50 count bundles for the next week at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order Fabrica5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some whiskey, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 118th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We enter the world of Metallica tonight. We discuss Padron's new farm in Esteli. We reveal yet another year of the Dragon release, and Pagoda details his recent trip to Costa Rica, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair blackened 72 seasons straight American whiskey with the Drew Estate blackened M81 in Corona. A Corona tonight from Drew Estate on the pod. It's called the Blackened M81. It's a 43 ring gauge cigar by five inches long. And Bam Bam, I know you're excited. I'm excited. We have entered the realm of Metallica. Correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Bam promised that he was going to do karaoke tonight. I'll do karaoke. <laughs> I got to get my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> So this cigar, I would argue, is pretty rustic. Uh, very toothy. Very toothy, dark, and it comes looks- with a very simple band on it that just says black, and there's a foot band as well Yeah. with M81 on it, which I pulled off. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm uh, Mexican San Andres wrapper. Yeah. And it, everything it, in it is Maduro. Looks like a powerful cigar. Yeah. It's going to pack a punch. Here we go. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love Metallica? Oh, yeah. Come on. Reminds me of Mariano Rivera coming out to the That's New York right. <laughs> Here we go, Bam. That's go. true. I say your prayers, little one. Don't forget my son to include everyone. Oh, it's perfect. Keep going. Duck you in, wall within. Keep you free from sin till the Sandman he comes. Sleep with one eye open, <laughs> gripping your pillow tight. Exit lights. All right, that's enough. All right, okay. <laughs> Giz, can you say it? Not even close. No, oh, come on. We amateur have a bullshit. Complete amateur bullshit. <laughs> hey, I'm into like three cigars tonight. <laughs> I liked it. Thank you. I thought it was good. Thanks, bro. All right, boys, let's cut this thing. See, so we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. Obviously, this is the cigar designed by Drew Estate and Rob Dietrich, uh, who helped with the blackened whiskey for Metallica, and James Hetfield, kind of a three-headed affair, designing the blackened cigar for Drew Estate, all with Maduro tobacco, which is interesting. Every aspect of this cigar is Maduro. So that is James Hetfield's uh, flavor profile. That's what his palate likes. So I'm anticipating that this is going to be a... Full body punch in the face tonight. And the draw is wide open. Mm. Are we going to have dinner before we light this? Or? <laughs> oh, we're going to need a meal. I have steaks coming. <laughs> yeah, Bam, mine is wide open yeah. as well, which is surprising because when I was looking at the foot, I was actually a little concerned because I was anticipating that this draw was going to be a little tight, but mm. it, it's really well rolled. It's it's it, wide open. It could smoke a little fast. I'm looking forward to this, I think. Uh, you know, because I love this kind of flavor profile. That's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The blackened M81 Corona. Again, it's a 43 ring gauge cigar by five inches long from Drew Estate in partnership with James Hetfield of Metallica and Rob Dietrich, who uh, is in charge of their blackened whiskey product. The three of them came together and designed this all Maduro line of cigars for Drew Estate. I think it launched... Sometime in 2023, I believe, or 2022. It's, it's fairly recent. Metallica is a very commercialized heavy metal band, as we know. So everything lines up. They put out an album uh, last year. They went on tour, and the cigar came out around that time. This is surprisingly smooth mm. on, on the light. Hmm. Mm. I'm not getting a lot of uh, notable flavor. No, no. That I no. can call out to you right but now. But it's not harsh. No. That's really interesting because I thought it really, you know. Me too. Uh, come strong with uh, really strong flavors, but no. Just you wait. Uh-oh. Okay. So, Rooster, you've had this cigar before. You actually had this well before uh, we recorded these on the pod. What what attracted you to the cigar and what's kept you uh, reaching for it? Um, I don't know. I just wanted to try it. It's interesting. It, the whole concept is is neat, and we all like Drew Estate cigars. Yeah, you know all the Liga line. Um, they're mm. full, full flavored. Mm. I mean, to me, what I remember is like the 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 first note that you get right on the light. You get like the leather, a little spice, like deep espresso, and and a little bit of like a sweetness, which is like a deep dark sweet note that kind of dissipates and you'll notice that yeah i'm getting a little espresso but i'm getting quite a bit of spice spice is will 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 be throughout yeah you're gonna get some, a lot of lot uh, of pepper on it's this. not hitting me hard it's not spice forward for me 
No, it's very smooth. What mm. do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, thankfully, it's not uh, aggressive with the spice. It's like just the right amount. I definitely get the espresso. There's something very faintly sweet. There yeah. is like a, I was kind of like on the one side, I've had like a deep, dark cherry kind of thing. I get that oh. on the retrohale and the finish. Yeah. yeah. And like leather, leather and espresso, mm-hmm. you know, dark coffee. Yeah. And the smoke output is just like any other league. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's excellent. I'm finding, though, that the smoke output is not as crazy as the Ligas that we've had, especially the the Liga 9. Remember that cigar? I mean, yeah. every well, draw the was size, like a... the size. That's the size. Of the, uh, that, yep. I mean, look correct. at the size. That's true. Yeah. You know. But for this what it is, is... This is a Corona. I think it's substantial. Right. Quite substantial, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, getting this, a little more now. This is a Mexican San Andres wrapper. Mm-hmm. And I think the binder and filler is a Broadleaf Pennsylvania and... Uh, Nicaragua? Yeah, so the binder is from Connecticut River Valley Broadleaf, also Maduro, and the filler blend is Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro tobaccos, including what they say is the boldest Pennsylvania Broadleaf Lijero in Drew Estate's vast tobacco inventory. So they reached for the boldest Lijero that they had to blend in this cigar, which I'm assuming is just in line with what Mm. James Hetfield wanted. Do we know where these are rolled? I believe these are rolled in Esteli in ah, okay. True Estates Factory. Okay. I would hope not Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> There's some talented rollers in PA. That's true. And what's the cost of this? $9.15. That's a value yeah, right cigar. Right under 10 bucks. Yeah, it's a value cigar. So the line, like I said, was launched uh, in the last year or two. Comes in really, really cool boxes. Actually, Rooster was handing them around uh, when we were selecting our cigars. And the, the top three quarters of the front of the box pops open one way and then the the bottom third i guess pops the the opposite way mm-hmm. you could pick your cigar but it's a really nicely and uniquely designed box i i don't think i've ever seen anything like that in this yeah, cigar before true. and everything is dark about this cigar yeah yeah it's called the blacken the For box, a reason. box yeah. is black mm-hmm. the band is black it's a it's a deep dark maduro wrapper i mean it's a sandra uh, mexican san andres wrapper which are known to be you know, very dark. I mean, so far, so good, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's off to a nice start. So when they launched these cigars, they debuted in four sizes. The Robusto, which is 5 by 50 The Toro, 52 by 6 The Corona Doble, which is 50 by 7 And the Corona that we're smoking tonight, which is 43 by 5 um, And I'm glad, actually, the Rooster picked up the Coronas because... This is actually the cigar that James Hetfield smokes. So what's cool is uh, I actually went to see Metallica uh, on their tour when they played East Rutherford, which was one of the earlier dates on their tour last year. I think it was in May of 23, or maybe it was September. I don't remember. But anyway, I was lucky to be kind of up closer to where the band comes on. And the way that they set up their show is it's in a stadium, a massive – it was in the football stadium where the Jets and Giants play. And everything is open air. So – if you think about like when you go see a normal show, the, the stage is kind of backed up to one of the end zones, and then they kind of close off about a quarter of the seats. Metallica plays essentially in the round. Mm. So every seat has a full view, and they're able to open up the entire stadium to it. But what that means is there's nowhere for the band to hide. So when they come out before the show, they're literally sitting in front of your face before yeah. they go on stage. And every night before he goes on stage, James Hetfield 
is smoking one of these exact cigars. I've seen many clips of him getting ready to go on stage with a cigar in his hand. Wow, it's very cool. He is definitely a full-on lizard. Oh, yeah. James Hetfield. He has fallen in love with cigars. I think it was he recently, in the last few years, moved from L.A. or San Francisco, excuse me, where Metallica is based. He's now based in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I think he met a group of friends there um, because he's sober. He doesn't drink. So I think he met a, a group of friends there where he shares his cigars with them. We need and, to uh, interview him. I would love to. I Absolutely. tried, but I was told that the Cigar Aficionado episode was, uh, interview was the only interview he was doing about the cigars. So. Well, we're the lizards. It's going to happen. We'll make it happen at yes, some point. I don't know why he's doing CA. All they do is interview people that don't smoke cigars half the time for their freaking cover. <laughs> Correct. That's true. I mean, that's true. Unreal. Yeah, this is um, shockingly good right now. I'm pleasantly surprised. Especially for being all Maduro. I, I don't have a lot of flavor notes to call out. I think still I'm getting espresso and a little bit of spice, but there's not much more there, but it's a pleasurable smoke. Yeah, on the retro hill, you get a little sweetness on the finish. Other than that, you're right. It's earthy. Yeah, yeah but earthy, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing I'm just happy about is that this is not strength for strength's sake, which I was honestly worried about. Us right? too. Like, yeah. Talking about how bold this cigar is and, and all the, you know, Maduro to its core. I was just worried this was just going to like punch you in the face and not actually be that enjoyable. But the delivery is actually pretty smooth for. So when I say like I've had this in the morning multiple times, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like overpowering. Agree. And a lot of the reviews that I have read, they talk about a lot of spice. You do get spice. But it's not the dominant note so far. I no. agree. Uh, it does build up a little bit, but in the morning with coffee and stuff, I think it. Could you know, work. If you're looking for a bolder flavor, it's it's there. It works for you in the morning. Sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work for me as well. <laughs> I'm sure it would. I do like the size of the cigar. Yeah, you know, it's we've nice. we've actually been kind of reaching for bigger cigars, longer cigars. You know, Lanceros, which I guess are a similar ring gauge to this, a little bit longer recently on the podcast. But to reach for a little Corona like this, you know, th there's a lot of folks out there who maybe only have a half hour, 45 or an hour to smoke a cigar, you know, in, in their given week. This is for someone that's looking for a, a full cigar yeah. that's smooth. This this might be the right one for them, especially under 10 bucks. Double espresso, a Tesla, and an M81 is a perfect combination in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what? That's a great recipe for the start of a day. Hell yeah. <laughs> so like I said, this was blended by Jonathan Drew, James Hetfield of Metallica, and a man named Rod Dietrich. Rob Dietrich, he is the master distiller and blender of the Blackened American Whiskey, which we have as our pairing tonight, boys. Yes, we do. And he's the former master distiller for Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey. He's been blending for 15 years or so, and he's responsible for every aspect of production uh, for the Blackened Whiskey. And I guess because of his relationship with Metallica, so the Blackened Whiskey came out quite much, a few much years earlier. ago, yeah. much earlier than this. I guess he had a relationship with Jonathan Drew, and he conne uh, connected James Hetfield after he figured out he was a big cigar guy with uh, Jonathan Drew at Drew Estate, and that's how they came up with this. But apparently it took them quite a while to develop the cigar uh, that aligned with James Hetfield's palate, was smooth, but delivered what he said was, I guess, the three things that he was really looking for in a cigar, which were espresso, leather, and dark chocolate. Uh, and I'm getting all three. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I'm, maybe I'm not getting dark chocolate yet, but I'm definitely getting espresso and leather. I agree. It's a very deep 
bitter chocolate, yeah. not like a sweet chocolate, not a milk chocolate. And you mentioned earthiness earlier. I earthiness think that, that's very there. accurate. Yeah. yeah. And it's nice. Very nice. I think the earthiness, though, is in line with what I expect from Drew Estate. Like, I do taste similar notes to what you get in like a Liga or even the Undercrown series we've done. There is that kind of underpinning of of flavor that I think is very much Drew Estate in this. Maybe it's the wrapper. Maybe it's the blend or the tobacco or the way they, they ferment it. But it does taste like a Drew Estate cigar to me. Yeah. Have you guys had the T-52? Yes. I've had it a few times. Does I've this not. kind of remind you of that a I little bit? I feel it's mild, milder than this and just T-52 as smooth. T-52 is yeah. milder? Yeah, than this. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Yeah. But a, quite a nice I cigar. I think Pagoda has had Number that. nine. Like, I, I was well, a course. big number nine guy. Yeah. So. yeah. And I, I do think that if you were to put them, like, side by side, you would think it's like a stepchild of the number t- number nine mm. in a way. Could uh, be. You know, in that Liga 9, we get a lot of deep raisin. I'm not getting that here. Yeah, there's definitely more fruit in the Liga series than I think there is here. Yeah. And the smoke, had, there's viscosity to it, which we're not getting. Yeah, this is a little bit thinner. I think the smoke output for me is is definitely greater, but I am missing the, the that kind of dried fruit note or that deep fruit note that you get in a lot of the Liga stuff that we that we enjoy. Yeah, you know? I got to say, this is really quite easy to smoke. I'm surprised. We were, I was intimidated by the cigar, right? Yeah, I don't think James Hatfield was really going for a fruit note, maybe. You mm-hmm. know, no, he, he, yeah. Yeah, that's he, not he what he was reaching really for. asked for that, yeah. I will say, I'm getting a lot more pepper now. Really? It's picked up spice? Yeah. Hmm. The first third of the first third, I was not... <laughs> But um, as you get further along, I'm starting to get the sweetest more note pepper. you get. So he's is talking on about the, the first ninth, by the way. I did yeah, the that's about a quarter of an inch <laughs> <laughs> for the listener. I like to operate in thirds. <laughs> Correct. The only sweet note that you get is right on the light. There's a there's a slight like a it begins with like a sweet note to me. Yeah, you know, I keep going to the retrohale. If you do that, you'll get a sweetness on the finish of that. It's it's actually very nice. Honestly, through the retrohale, I kind of like that that kind of spice that I'm getting in the retrohale. It's very mild. It's a mild. It doesn't bite your nose. At the end of it, I get a little bit of a type of fruit I can't put my finger on. Yeah, the retro is really, really nice. Cherry, someone cigar. called out deep, cherry. Deep, yeah. uh, That's like there. a dark cherry note. That's there. So, boys, let's talk about our pairing. Speaking of Metallica, so we're doing a full Metallica episode tonight. And we also got a bottle of the blackened limited edition 72 seasons version of their straight whiskeys finished in brandy casks. Mm. So it's a pretty cool bottle. Has the 72 seasons Metallica logo all over it. It's a 45% alcohol, 90 proof. And boys, what do you guys think of uh, the spirit tonight? I think it's surprisingly pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say that because I'm not a huge bourbon guy. Obviously, I appreciate some bourbons, but it's not something that I actively pursue a lot. I was worried, you know, 90 proof and kind of the whole theme, it seems, for this brand, whether we're talking about their bourbon or their cigars, like full flavor, intense. So I was just worried this was going to be like a really aggressive bourbon. And I tried it neat at first. I didn't find it to be aggressive at all. Yeah. I didn't realize hearing you say that it's finished in a brandy cask, I think helps mellow out Mm -hmm. some of that aggression, which is good. 
and I've just put a couple, uh, you know, chips of ice in this, and I think it's it's opened up nicely. I I actually like it. Yeah, I've I've had it neat. I'm still drinking it neat. It gets better and better. It's really easy to drink, and I'm surprised, surprised by that. It's easy to drink, but I do get a bit of the sharpness in the back, even although, and maybe I took a slightly bigger gulp. I think I should give it a small sip. Tranquilo, tranquilo, <laughs> tranquilo. <laughs> I got to say, there's a note in this whiskey that's interesting to me and is actually very complimentary to the cigar we're smoking, which is I feel like I'm getting like a like a, a cherry note on the finish of the whiskey that is very complimentary to the cigar. Mm-hmm. Not that there's cherry in the cigar, but it's no. just it kind of aligns with it. But it's unique in its flavor that I don't think there's been a whiskey where I'm getting like a cherry type of note out of it. I completely agree. Yep. And, and the reason I actually really like it, so... The only thing for me with the cigar, I wish I was getting some more of a sweet note out of it. And I'm I'm like drier things, but this is a little too dry, the the flavor profile of the cigar for me to start. So the pairing actually works really well where I'm getting some sweetness and some mm-hmm. fruit notes from the uh, the bourbon that I wouldn't have expected. And that's, I think, helping balance the cigar more toward what I like from a flavor standpoint. Agreed. Good combo tonight. So what's interesting is, and we've talked about him before, this whiskey, the founding distiller of this whiskey with Metallica was that gentleman, Dave Pickerel, who we've talked about, who was known as the godfather of American whiskey and who passed away, unfortunately, I think he had like a a, a sudden health issue. Wasn't he involved in Whistlepig? Uh, he was involved in Little Rest. Little Rest. Maybe okay. Whistlepig as well. I don't remember. Yeah, another could do be I. that too. It could yeah. be Whistlepig. He's done a lot. He's, he, they call him the godfather of American whiskey. And this guy, Rob Dietrich, has followed in his footsteps and mm. is now the distiller and master blender. But, um, you know, Dave Pickerel, I guess, was very famous with this whiskey for bringing in Metallica to do a whiskey pairing. And apparently what they do is they play, the, and hear me out. Don't. Tell me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, when the whiskey is sitting in the casks aging, they play Metallica music very loudly. What? To infuse the, <laughs> the essence of the song the essence into of the spirit. For whom the bell tolls and the other tunes. Can't you taste it? Into the whiskey. <laughs> for whom the bell tolls, time marches on. <laughs> another, another great song. It's funny you mentioned them playing music very loudly that somehow is supposed to influence the spirit. I went to a whiskey tasting for uh, this bourbon, uh, Three Chords, and uh, apparently it's, uh, uh, I guess the person behind it is uh, Neil Giraldo, another musician. Yeah, he's uh, the the singer-songwriter Pat Benatar. I think that's her husband slash guitar player, Neil Giraldo. I so, just think these people want to hear their music loudly in a, well, in a distillery. <laughs> That's what's crazy because during the tasting, they were talking about how they apply vibrations from playing music <laughs> in the finishing of the the whiskey, and that's a difference maker for them. And I thought it was so silly hearing it, but it's funny to hear that apparently they, they say the same crap with this stuff. Oh, boy. Who knows what impact? I doubt it has any. I do feel musical today. Oh. <laughs> it could have been Bam singing. Yes. Yeah. You should sing the next song. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> I think this is actually a really, really good pairing. And I know that James Hetfield doesn't drink alcohol, but they kind of nailed it with this. I think the Rob Dietrich, yeah. when, you know, in blending this cigar, pairing it with the with the the whiskey, it's like 
I actually think they have something here. I think this is pretty pretty solid. It's actually quite nice. It drinks beautifully. It's delicious, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd go as far as saying this is one of the better bourbons I've had in a while. How much is it? 40 bucks. Wow. Wow. That's, good for, that's a great deal. Wow. Yeah, $40. You can find it anywhere. You can find it online, in stores, 40 bucks. It's one I, of the more interesting bourbons, honestly. I'm also just impressed because I have a total bias against any sort of celebrity-backed product, whether it's a spirit or even a cigar, right? Like these are usually marketing gimmicks, right? These are oftentimes not people who are serious about these things. I mean, look at tequila. Every celebrity and their mother has a tequila at this point. You're going to tell me that Kendall Jenner is Correct. serious about tequila? She oh, doesn't please. know shit about tequila. So I was very skeptical of this, but this is actually really good. I'm pleasantly surprised. Other than the fact that they play music to the spirit while it's in the barrel. <laughs> That's what helps. <laughs> it's a Your mic must You got to turn his mic off. <laughs> That's part of my aging process for my cigars. I play Chan Chan and everything Chan -chan. just yeah. ages oh, that much better. Oh, that's, that's legitimate. That's I got to tell you, when I play Chan Chan when I brush my teeth in the morning, for some reason, everything just goes so much smoother with my day once your, I start your with Chan Your teeth are brighter after they that. They are, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, boys, let's talk about some other Nicaraguan news. Uh, it was announced the other day that the Padron family purchased a ton of new land in Esteli, Nicaragua, to grow even more tobacco. And I'm curious how this is going to shape their business in the coming years. But apparently, secretly, Jorge Padron in October purchased 90 manzanas, which is about 153 acres of farmland on a high elevation plot in Nicaragua. 1,200 meters above sea level. Wow. Which I mean, I, what's, what's crazy about the size of that is I had read it's it's basically as big as all of their other farms combined. Wow. Yeah. It's I a mean, that's huge, huge plot of Padron already makes a ton of cigars. It's true. The fact that that encompasses every other property that they own in one. Maybe we'll see a price decrease. Future volume. <laughs> yeah. I doubt that. Probably. You're an optimist, Bam. You're yeah. an optimist. I am. Oh, well, it's the spirit of the In music. many ways. <laughs> so they named the new plot of land after uh, Jorge Padron's mother. La Florinda is the name of the farm. And it's now in the midst of its maiden crop. Obviously, we're not going to taste any of that tobacco, at least I would think until 2029 or mm -hmm. 2030. Plus, but. Yeah. You know, very much in line with the ethos of the Padron family. It's a very long, long tail on their vision. They're willing to invest time and money to make great tobacco. So I'm curious what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. Clearly, they're seeing a need for supply. Maybe their demand is higher than what they're able to supply with what they have now. Maybe they're looking to sell to other manufacturers. Who knows? But clearly, this is a significant growth in the in the padrone business maybe they're working on a family ground reserva line <laughs> 300 bucks a stick <laughs> just for rooster <laughs> the thing that was interesting to me when this came out someone interviewing jorge had asked what what they can expect from this plot of land in terms of like is is the the profile of the tobacco going to be very similar to the other farms and what they grow will it be different and I was just amazed. I mean, Jorge basically said, we have absolutely no idea, right? Like, it's just so crazy to think, like, you you invest in this vast amount of land, and you will just have no clue what that's going to yield until you actually plant some tobacco seeds there and let it grow and then experience it and see what it's like. It could be similar to their other plots that they have in Esteli. 
and then obviously that'll help spur production for their existing lines. It could be very different. They may come out with a new line based on whatever profile. So for me, it was just very interesting. I think, you know, we'll talk about this when we preview some more of our Cuba trip. But when you go out to any of these tobacco farms and, you know, some have a better yield than others and some are more desirable. And I think what you quickly realize is the process is so simple that there's not necessarily some secret sauce to the process. Mm -hmm. It's you kind of get lucky with that plot of land and just how the soil and the climate at that one particular area performs and you either hit a gold mine and it works great or you don't and and you've you know maybe made a bad investment so i was just amazed at like the level of risk that's really involved that's true when you're trying to source these other i have a general question so how many other farms are at that elevation above sea level because that's quite quite high above sea level the and way, how does that affect tobacco that's a and great growing? question i would imagine that the climate is quite a bit different at, at that level and, and certainly the way they've highlighted it here in the announcement of this this purchase for padrone it seems like as they're saying it's a high elevation plot mm -hmm. so it seems like it's not going to be identical to what they're doing in other parts of esteli at a much lower I don't think elevation it could be it because has to be different. Air pressures are, are much higher, so the yields could be smaller. Maybe they're planning a small batch approach. Who knows? Who knows what they're doing? I mean, but I, I would think that the Esteli is a, is kind of a valley. In a valley, right. Right. And Nicaragua in general, it has volcanic, volcanic soil. soil. Right. So the, the, the soil in the valley would be more nutrient rich. Mm -hmm. So higher you go, there would be less nutrients. Would well, imagine it would make the tobacco fight for nutrients, which could yield so, a much more robust leaf. Yeah, that's also a possibility. That's yeah. True. yeah, yeah, interesting. That's the other theory. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to you in seven years. <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. Stay tuned. Well, tune in to episode seven hundred and twenty-five, <laughs> where we uh, we come back to this. Well, no, I I just think it's very cool that that uh, obviously like senator said the question of what's going to happen here mm -hmm. it's a huge investment for mm -hmm. them it's a massive piece of property i'm sure they need a ton more people a, a lot more resources to maintain this and and to see this tobacco grow but i'm really really interested to see what's going to happen with padrone here doubling yeah. more than doubling their uh their acreage. I heard he outbid Rocky Patel to that land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, though, to your point about like the the quality of the soil in, in really this whole region. I mean, he says in his interview how they've been looking for five years, basically, for another plot of land, and how most of them in Esteli just were not very good. They just didn't think it would yield a good crop. So it's not easy to find these. Uh, clearly, if it took him five years, and obviously he's, you know, I'm sure got pick of the litter in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, land that's available there. What's interesting too, and it, it goes back to what we said about the Padrone ethos, about the long game of their business and their their family and their tobacco. Apparently, because of this purchase and planting this new crop, they decided to give one of the farms, which they call Via Vieja, they totally gave it the year off. So they're not planting anything there for a year. I guess let the let replenish the soil nutrients, yeah, let yeah. The, the soil replenish itself, mm -hmm. not grow anything. Let it kind of grow over and and give it a year off. So it's an interesting play, you know, for Padrone. It's a huge investment and and yeah. arguably maybe a, a little bit of a risk, you know, so, for their so it yield. Wasn't, it wasn't barren land though. Something was growing before. It was a cattle ranch uh, prior to oh boy them purchasing this. 
So we'll see. So look for hints of manure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very barnyardish. Shit. Very barnyard. A lot of excavation going to take place there to get this ready. At least it'll be compost rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barnyard notes. So, boys, we're about halfway through here on the blackened M81 in Corona. What are you guys thinking? I, I think this is a really, really interesting it's cigar. A real, really a mild cigar. Senator's got a two-inch ash, so that's a good mark on construction and quality. No doubt about it. And for a cigar this small, it, it is interesting how that's holding on like that. Yeah, true. Have you tried to knock it off or no? Look at wow. that. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's Senator's just trying off. to but knock it off. But there's structure to it, yeah. Yeah. It took a little effort. It's well rolled. Honestly, I'm not hating it. I'm surprised as how much I like it right now. Why would you hate it? I w- you know, I had preconceived notions of this thing. It's a new world. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. That too. Yeah, I think this is a really good cigar. Uh, I'm still getting the espresso notes. A little bit more dried fruit now. Yeah. It's very complimentary with the whiskey we're sipping. And I, I think it's a very smooth delivery of, of what is a definitely a full cigar. True. I mean, for under $10, it's not it's not a bad cigar. No, not at all. What other Vitolas does this come in? So it comes uh, it comes in three other Vitolas. Robusto, it comes in the Robusto, and a, Toro. a Toro, and a Corona Doble. Oh, no, thank you. Which no? is a 50 by 7, which I, is actually not as big. Oh. 50 by 7. Imagine this thing in a Toro. Ooh. The other one I'm interested in is the Robusto, which is fifty, you know, fifty by five. Of course, mm. I'm curious how that would how that would perform. It'll be a cooler smoke. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine this in a Toro. No, no, no in way. a Toro I wouldn't touch this. No way. No mas. So, boys, another good story out of the cigar industry. This one's really interesting. My father's cigars and Tatuaje celebrate twenty years of partnership together with a duo release called La Union. Now, of course, it's important to note that Pete Johnson of Tatuaje has had the My Father family, namely Jose Pepin Garcia, uh, rolling his cigars for him. So this is a celebration of their partnership that began in 2003. So they've released a, a really ornate box of 20 cigars, which I guess it, it has four blends, two by each cigar maker, and it's only available in one Vitola, which they're calling Prominente Especial, measuring 50 ring gauge by seven and a quarter inches long and very interestingly has a 109 head on it which is a oh, rounded cool. yeah rounded head that we like that yeah very famous in uh in in cuban cigars but um pretty interesting that they're releasing a dual cigar like this very much in line with the long-awaited fuente padron collaboration which is arguably very similar in presentation with 10 cigars from each uh, in, in in the box. Curious if the price will be similar as well. Oh, we know the price. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a combined price. Meaning the price the of the uh, it, it, it's yeah. sixty bucks a stick. Excuse me. Exactly. This sixty dollars. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not paying for no. any my father or tatuai sixty dollars. I mean that's just silly. It, no it, way. It is. No way. So they're like I said, they're calling it La Union, and uh, it features a, a a bunch of different type of cigars. Uh, Nicaraguan Corojo 99, which is shade grown, and a Garcia blended Ecuadorian Habano. Uh, for the other cigar, Johnson used Ecuadorian Sumatra and Garcia used Connecticut Broadleaf. So I guess it's two different types of blends available in this packaging, like you said, Senator, for $60, $60 a cigar. One other note the cigars blended by Johnson will have a closed foot, whereas Garcia's cigar will have a traditional 
open foot. So that's um, that's the plan there for La Union. And I guess we're going to see this presented at PCA 2024 when we uh, when we go there in March. Yes. It also comes very cool with a cutter, with a, a special okay. straight cutter. It's actually cut into the box presentation when you get the, the box. Oh, well, now I understand that. the $60. <laughs> oh, yeah. Makes perfect sense. So you got to walk around with a box. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we shall see how that goes. So speaking of PCA, boys, we are going to be a PCA 2024 this year in Las Vegas. Very, very excited. How cool is that? So it's our first time going to the trade show. So PCA is the Premium Cigar Association's trade show for manufacturers and retailers. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, smokers there as well. And it's going to be our first time there, so we'll see how uh, we'll see how it treats us. We'll all be walking around with our lizard smoking jackets, <laughs> matching. <laughs> Very coordinated. I agree. Yeah, lizards who want to meet up for a smoke should uh, message our Instagram. Absolutely, yeah, or email us. Correct. Yeah, shoot us an email. Correct. We'd love to meet up and uh, see if we get something coordinated uh, for for lizards who are going to be at PCA. We're going to take over the whole event. Come on. <laughs> Are we, are, are we all going to be wearing face masks just to be anonymous? Face masks and smoking jackets. <laughs> like Slipknot did <laughs> in, their, in their tours. Yeah, speaking of Metallica. Yeah, correct. Yeah, boys, I'm enjoying this cigar. I got to be honest. Yeah, it's it's nice. Where would you guys slot this in a rotation? Where would you put this? Just when you wake up. Not in the morning like this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 that, that's the problem I have as I'm thinking about this cigar is where I would put this in my rotation. I, I wouldn't. This is the Vitola I would have. The other two are just too. It just seems really intimidating. It's, it's an after dinner smoke. I th- it could be an after Easy. dinner or an yeah. end or of af- sit. Yeah. Like yeah. A few, last, after a few cigars. Last cigar. Yeah, possibly. After a Cuban cigar, you can follow it up with this. No, I was just thinking yeah. about that because I really do like the Papas Fritas and, you know, a couple of others uh, from the Liga 9, uh, from the Liga line. And, uh, yeah, this would fit in towards the end of the night. If you're looking for a small cigar at yeah. the end of the night that gives you that punch, this is it. Yeah. And it burns pretty fast, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very slow-smoking cigar. Yeah, it's definitely fast. I mean, it's only five inches long. I feel like I'm well past the halfway point, and mm-hmm. we're not even at 40 minutes yet. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a fast cigar. And I don't I don't even feel I feel like I've been talking a lot. I don't even feel like I'm pulling on it that Yeah, that's true. You know, so the other uh, newsworthy note that I wanted to mention because we discussed this on a previous episode is that Rocky Patel has decided to come out with a Year of the Dragon cigar. I think it's his first year of the uh, release. You, for you the can, you can New kill year. my mic now. <laughs> <laughs> so the the reason why I bring this up is not necessarily because it's interesting to piss Senator uh, to piss Rooster off. <laughs> Uh, it's a limited production, says Nish Patel, 6,000 boxes or so, about $35 per cigar, packed in a box of 10. The interesting thing, though, uh, calling back to a previous episode where we discussed Gurkha suing Davidoff for their Year of the Dragon cigar, this is nearly identical in its packaging. So I feel like Gurkha is going to have a uh, another lawsuit. On yeah, I hope I hope Rocky has built the legal fees into the price of these cigars. Because <laughs> sure there's definitely going to be a lawsuit. Well, he was a lawyer. I think that's correct. That's true. Yeah, his yeah. legal fees are his legal fees are free. Uh-huh. But you know, it, it's another one, that, and we've discussed this on the uh, the Gurkha Davidoff uh, episode when we discussed that is like the idea that that Gurkha thinks that they own this trademark. 
despite it being a Chinese New Year's celebration, now that I think I've seen four or five manufacturers, plus Habanos has a release out for the Year of the Dragon. I don't think there's as much red and gold on it as there is for this, but I I just don't understand Gurkha's mentality thinking they own this. Like, Good luck to Gurkha. It's Chinese New Year. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. I only think of Gurkha when I think of a dragon. <laughs> and premium cigars. Yeah. Oh, of course. Fit for the garden. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Gurkha's got their uh, legal team racing to file suit against Rocky Patel like they did uh, Davidoff. You guys are smoking so fast. I know. It's going, minutes It's in. just so My easy to God. blow through this thing. Who's smoking fast? I'm about the same as you. What? No, I mean, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Look at mine and look That's at Gizmo's. How is that the same? <laughs> well, you have Ash. Because you're dimensionally off. <laughs> you're, you're, you got to strengthen that prescription. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need better glasses. So, boys, we got a few emails from listeners about the bumper sticker call out that we did a few episodes ago where uh, one of our listeners was driving in Texas and saw, saw a lounge lizard bumper sticker on a car. So we called it out on the episode, and we've gotten a bunch of listeners who emailed us now with uh, photos of bumper stickers they've had on their cars or they put on their cars after that episode. This is crazy. It's a revolution. It's awesome. Is it all, is it all in Texas? It's everywhere now. Really? Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Listeners from everywhere are putting bumper stickers on their cars. And we've had nothing to do with it. Don't we have copyrights? Wow. We're gonna, we're, no. we're, we hired the Gurkha people. We, yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, he's a Daisy brother, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, as, long, yeah. as long as they're representing us well, we're happy to have uh, Correct. lizards violate our... And they're doing very well. It's just very impressive. It's very cool. I mean, it's, we've it gotten... Is. I mean, we've probably gotten 25 or 30 emails of folks who have put bumper stickers on their cars who've made them or said, oh, I'm going to do this, or sent screenshots. Hey, do you guys want me to share the designs with you? Wow. Like, it's very, very cool, man. So cool. We've had a lot of folks doing that. So it's nice to see that. And, of course, any listeners out there who want to create a uh, a bumper sticker and put it on their car, send yeah, us a picture. I don't see many Metallica bumper stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Lizard Nation is strong. Correct. Lizard Nation is very, very strong. <laughs> I wanted to go to Pagoda here because the man who's been traveling – Unlike anyone I've ever seen. This guy has been traveling since Labor Day, I think. Yes, he He's is the James to, Bond of the group. He has been to, I think, seven or eight countries <laughs> since Labor Day. Just got back again now from Costa Rica. Tell us how retirement is, Pagoda. <laughs> <laughs> I think Costa Rica is not a bad place to retire, by the way. <laughs> so you've been to you've been to where? Let's lay it out. You've been to Panama. Twice. Twice. You've been to Havana. Cuba with us. I'm yep. sorry. It started with Cartagena. Oh, we, Cartagena. We, we, that's right. Yes. Cartagena as well. India. India. Now Costa Rica and soon to be the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And, and then Vegas. Don't forget Vegas. Don't, don't forget, forget Cuba. Cuba. I said Cuba. Havana. I said Havana. Yeah. And, he's going, and he's going to Dominican Republic and right. then Vegas. Yeah. And it's all wedding related, by the way, guys. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you getting married? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. So walk us through Costa Rica. What? Uh, tell us. Tell the listeners. how. First, of course, how was the smoking experience? Was there any uh, cigar-related activity? Uh, a lot of cigar-related activity. Uh, there's no real cigar lounge uh, where we... Uh, we didn't find any cigar lounge, but, you know, you could smoke outdoors. We were at bars smoking, and we were just uh, very relaxed. But not every restaurant and not every bar allows you to smoke. 
Um, but what we had done was uh, went with a group of guys and we had rented a really nice place with a pool. So a lot of uh, our smoking predominantly was uh, within the premises uh, mm. of the facility we were living in. But having said that, uh, Costa Rica is uh, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place to visit. It's uh, got a lot. It's very hilly, very, uh, very green. You know, uh, the rainforests on the mountains. It's uh, beautiful drives right by the water. Once again, Central America. Uh, you know, right below Nicaragua. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of outdoor activities. So if you're interested in any kind of adventurous outdoor activities, I think it's a great place to visit. You know, we did a lot of ATVing and you were on ATVs, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, even though it had four wheels, it was so difficult uh, to <laughs> really control them. But you know, we were, uh, r- I think, riding or driving ATVs at night through these rainforests and these, uh, you know, designated paths. It was and going to waterfalls, um, you know, chilling, relaxing, having a smoke, and then you know, riding back. It was excellent. And then. Uh, um, the zip lining for the people who like it, a lot of hiking, a lot of uh, cyclists, which I found, I think they're probably trading for a Tour de France or something mm. because it's very hilly. And uh, uh, But you you see, it's a lot of uh, very physical, outdoor, adventurous activities available there. Mm. Uh, having said that, I was uh, reasonably disappointed with the food. Really? Uh, yeah, meaning I prefer the food in a lot of the other countries I've visited. The other 18 you've been to in the last <laughs> six yeah. months? Uh, a little pricey. Uh uh, the beer is not bad. I really enjoyed uh, uh, the beer. It's called Imperial, and they have uh, uh, like I like a little, um, you know, lagerish kind of beers. And so there was a silver, which was fantastic. I didn't like the original as much, uh, but yeah, a, an excellent trip. Uh, very outdoorsy, a lot of physical activity, and then just chilling, hanging out with the pool and smoking. So Pagoda, did you rent a boat for the day? And yeah, how was that experience? That experience was excellent. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful country. So, you know, uh, the water is very clear if you go a bit north um, in Costa Rica. Um, it's uh, beautiful, you know. Where exactly Green were mountains. You? Where were you exactly? Uh, we were between uh, San Jose and uh, Haco Beach, somewhere in between there. It was an uh, excellent uh, experience. You know, uh, you pass by some of these really wealthy areas where there are marinas and you see some really fancy boats. Uh, There's a lot of water activity going on from banana boats and, you know, the boat will dock in the middle of the water and then a small boat will come with banana boats. So we were couples and it was just a great, great experience. Yeah. So I, I think I heard you say this when we were talking before we came on air. You were saying something about the ride from the airport to where you were. You said it was pretty pretty long, right? Yeah, about an hour, hour and a half, yeah. Hour, hour and a half, yeah. wow. So, yeah, um, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, the roads are way better than Cuba for sure. So Sure. The only problem is uh, they're like one lane, somewhat highways. If uh, somebody's driving slow, you get backed up a bit. But having said that, uh, not over. Not a bad experience at all. So when you're at the airport, are you chartering a taxi? Are you calling Uber? Like, what are you doing to get 90 minutes from from the airport to where you need to be? So we uh, had a huge Airbnb and our house uh, host arranged for everything. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Awesome to arrange for everything. So you did Airbnb and not a hotel? Yeah, because, you know, we were a lot of us. And then um, we had a beautiful pool, you know, great, great facilities and... uh, um, we had a couple of coordinators who were working with us. Now, you said yeah. you had a chef, right? 
in the house? Yeah, we did have a private chef for. And how was his or her food that they prepared for you? It was good. You yeah. know, I nothing really. Um, you know, they were grilling a lot of food. Okay. Uh, uh, overall, um, n- not very. Um, I don't know. I think the food quality. I think I prefer the food in different. Okay. Uh, countries uh, just so to be let fair. me let me dial down into that. What what is it about the food there that doesn't stack up to even the experience we have in Cuba? So I'll tell you the best uh, the two best meals I had was one of them were uh, in a regular bar where they had really excellent beef skewers, which was fantastic. The quesadillas were all right. Uh, a lot of their food revolves around rice, beans, either pork or chicken or. Uh, thing you know, very traditional. Sounds uh, great Hispanic. to me. That's but, everywhere in the Caribbean, but yeah. not very spicy, not very flavorful. A little oh, bland. So flavors, like right. yeah, Frank's flavors, hot sauce. Flavors. Yeah, so um, does the trick. They do. Frank's. You know what's really the irony of it all is they do have, you know, everywhere you can ask for hot sauce, but you have to you know add mm. in, mm. and they have some really good hot sauce. I must say, a couple of my buddies uh, did buy some hot sauce. I forgot the brand, but the coffee was great. Um, uh, Found a small little panaderia. I think it's like a small a bakery, bakery kind of thing. Panaderia. And, nice. Right? And uh, really good cappuccinos and lattes. And um, it, it was uh, that was really good. The bakeries were so-so. You would think for a country that had a lot of chocolate as well because, you know, they have coffee, cocoa, uh, chocolate. Didn't see a lot of chocolate baked goods. And, you know, I love chocolate. Oh, yeah. Big good. Big, big, big dessert, dessert guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> huge, huge. <laughs> so I think, Did um, you hold up the entire table of 10 people for dessert? I, I, I'm, I, I'm asking for a friend. I did. I did. I did uh, try a few times. But, you know, the dessert was overall very disappointing. Although a buddy of mine tried some local pudding, which he said was really good. Mm. Uh, oh, I heard about that pudding. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. I, I heard Costa Rica has good pudding. <laughs> Pagoda's a big pudding guy. <laughs> no, I, it wasn't me. Pudding. It wasn't me. It's the so, first time we've ever mentioned pudding on the podcast. By correct. The way. Yeah, and hopefully the last time. Um, <laughs> w- now we. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't me. Now we know it you wasn't br- me. We know you br- you brought your own cigars. What about spirits? Is there a local rum or or something that they have locally that you tried yeah i did try a local rum it was all right um i think i sent you guys a photograph of that mm. um don't remember yeah it was it was all right meaning i i just taken like 65 70 cigars and nice by the way i nearly finished that's them all, it and i shared and i shared mm-hmm. a few but you finished yeah. them all yeah yeah nearly. in a week you brought you brought in a week. 70 cigars 65, 70 yeah wow. it's, a, it's easy He's a lizard. But I did I did share a few. Well, he, he, didn't he, was, want them, he didn't want them taken away by yeah, customers. He was, <laughs> he was expecting to lose 25. So. <laughs> How was it? Is there any tobacco grown on uh, in Costa, Costa Rica? There is, right? Isn't Adabe so. from there? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think some components of Adabe are from Costa from, Rica. From Costa Rica, yeah. And, and other cigars. There's other like cigars, too, that. certainly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's just south of Nicaragua, so I think... What could be in order next time is we go for a trip to Nicaragua for a day or two and then just head down to Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm not going to Nicaragua, but I will go to Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends if you want to talk. <laughs> Padron. You, you know? want to see the new Padron farm? That's true. 1,200 feet above sea level, sure. So you said there's not really a cigar culture down there, like even it, you've experienced in Panama and some of the other no. Caribbean countries. It didn't seem like it, no. Really? I didn't see a is, lot is of people. Is there an LCDH there? I'm not sure about That's that. That's a good question. 
I've not heard of LCDH. Maybe not where he was. Hmm. Let's put it this way. They didn't mind us smoking cigars. Mm -hmm. So Were you able to smoke at restaurants and bars? No. A lot of them, there were just a couple of places. I think wherever it was very outdoorsy and you could hang out, uh, you know, uh, we were allowed to smoke. Did you visit any beaches? uh, We were right by the beach, by the way. uh, Like where your casa was? Yeah, where we, but we barely stepped on it. I think I just went there one day. Uh, a buddy of mine went for a run, six mile run over there. And, mm. but, but having said that, uh, you know, uh, uh, did not really uh, hang out at the beaches at all. How was your experience? Like, how would you rate the countries between Cuba, Panama, Costa Rica, India, Colombia? Except India. India is number one. <laughs> India is number one. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, depending on what you're seeking, but Cuba is definitely uh, number one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, for uh, sure. Panama and then Costa Rica. Mm. So what is it, you know, we obviously talk a lot about Cuba on the podcast, right? Yeah. So what is it about Cuba for all of its, you know, uh, issues that it has and its uh, challenges? What is it about Cuba that elevates it even above a, uh, you know, a, a, a developed nation. Like Passion Costa for cigars, Rica. right? Like you go and you feel like you're home. Mm-hmm. You can go and smoke anywhere. You're chilling. You have access to, you know, a lot of these Patagas stores and all. You can try a lot of different cigars. Um, and they're reasonably priced, right? A few dollars cheaper than what you'd get in the U.S. Um, great food, you know. We've had some really good yeah. uh, experiences with cuisine in uh, Cuba. Um, reasonably priced. Um, you know, the weather was definitely better in Cuba, you know. But really? It, it was, yeah. Because I found in Cuba when we were there, we, you know, we went in January. We had some rain. We had a, yeah. a few days of rain. and But it was 80s, right? That's true. Costa Rica was 90s. Oh, no. 90s. wow. wow. And, uh, Even in January. It's more south. Yeah. It's, wow. uh, it was, wow. uh, during the day, it was uh, pretty hot. Uh, yeah. So that's why the pool was great, you know, just to chill, relax. Or anything in the water, all right? Like, you know, whether you're doing the boat rides. We went ATVing. We went later during the day. In the evening, it was very pleasant. So, you know, the temperature would drop uh, by the end of the day. Um, yeah, overall, a great experience. You, you know what it is? It's like, I think uh, in Costa Rica, you feel you're clothed in nature and you're one with nature because it's very hilly, uh, you know, a lot of rainforest, very green in island. Um, obviously, the water's right there, there are beaches. And um, I think Cuba is slightly different from that perspective, uh, but Cuba has its uh, own charm. You know, it's old country. It reminds me of India when I grew up, in a way. You know, we went to certain areas uh, where even the housing and the way they're structured, very similar to that. And um, yeah, Cuba just feels a little bit more homey uh, for me. Um, Costa Rica is a bit outdoorsy from an adventurous Also much experience. cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much Definitely. I think housing and lodging yeah. in Cuba is cheaper than anywhere, anywhere. else. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But if, if anyone's interested in just any kind of outdoors activity, I, I would recommend Costa Rica uh, right away. Meaning it's, uh, and, uh, you know, wherever you go, they're kind of facilitated. They have a lot of organized tours. A lot of people go hiking on their own. Um you know, and you you see a lot of families around. It's it's a very it's a very comfortable place to visit. And just one more uh, thing, what I realized was a lot of expats. Really, like living l- there. Living there, mm. really. A lot of people Retirees. from the U.S., from California, from Texas, 
from different parts have moved there, bought mm. places over there, and just staying there. I think uh, uh, there's something to that effect where even the medical system is slightly better, and and overall, uh, it's a beautiful place. It's just one of the more beautiful uh, countries in Central America, mm. more beautiful than Panama, and. Uh, uh, in a way, Cuba, we haven't been to the beach area. Uh, you know, we've been in Havana. But, how, you know, you go to uh, Costa Rica and you say, oh, wow, this is natural beauty. Yeah. Nice. I want to go to Costa Rica now. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. bring my own food, but I'm going to go. <laughs> it's not that bad. You know. <laughs> can I find a McDonald's? I think we've also been spoiled. Can I, yeah. can I find a McDonald's there? You do find a subway. We did see a subway there. Subway, sure. oh boy. Gizmo <laughs> wants to drive an ATV while he's eating a salad. Yes, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll tell you, the ATV experience was great, by the way. it's uh, Why? Um, firstly, we I didn't expect much. And, you know, the tour was about four hours. And uh, so uh, they drive you. So th this guy who owned his ATV company, we drove, a, a, you know, about a couple of hours in. And among the hills and mountains, he owned his own place. Very similar to, uh, you know, uh, Hector Luis. Hector Luis's uh, area. Very similar. It was like an outdoor thing, between hills and all green, beautiful views, and we were lighting up, smoking cigars there. Had a really good meal, um, and then, uh, you know, had a few drinks, and then we got back on the ATVs, and then came back slightly in the dark through these really. Uh, you know, uh, like pathways between the trees and the forests and drop, stopped by a waterfall and, you know, lit up again. And, you know, it was just very relaxed and casual. The four hours went by pretty quick. Um, it was uh, an experience. Did you smoke a cigar on an ATV? Yes. My man. Now we talking. And uh, so, did, uh, so did a couple of buddies uh, whom uh, we all kind of know. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. The legal limit on the ATV is like a 0.4. <laughs> he was four times that. <laughs> so I just want to inform the listeners. Did you put the ATV in reverse at any time or was it only going oh, yeah. forward? <laughs> did you bump into anything? <laughs> did you hit anything on the ATV? It How was, much of your damage uh, like deposit did you get back? <laughs> it, 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 it was, on a percentage basis is fine. It, it was only going forward. Um, yeah, I, it, it's really strange. I don't think those ATVs could reverse. They they might have pagoda yeah, yeah. Nobody, yeah. yeah. They must yeah. listen to the podcast. They, can. <laughs> they, they probably there is, can. There is a just, just your ATV could go in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> that was on purpose. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I think that my ATV did have like a pole-like structure right behind. <laughs> so, so it was it was coming along with me everywhere I went. You had the bumper car version. Yep. <laughs> so boys, we're into the last third here of the blackened M81 in Corona. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've got about... <laughs> what do you have left there, You have Bab? one third of one third. Yeah, I've got about five-eighths of an inch. And, you know, I'm not getting any harsh edges on, on this at all. I'm really surprised at how smooth this is all the way down. I can't complain about the cigar at all. Did we ever talk... What is the M81 significance? So Metallica was formed in 1981. Okay, mm. that's what that is. Yeah. Yep. Ride the lightning. Ride the lightning, baby. Yeah. Pagoda, what do you think about the cigar? I know you've been talking a little bit, but yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, I don't know whether I would really uh, pursue it. Like I didn't, I don't feel that uh, it's really triggered something in me which says, "Oh wow, this is excellent." I'm in the same boat as Pagoda. Yeah, there's value though in the price. There's 
I'm sure a category that fits a lot of guys and gals that want a fuller cigar that's smooth and very affordable. And this yeah. delivers that. Yeah. On Atlantic, actually, I paid, I think, 153 for the box. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's really, oh. 750 is yeah, that's, that's insane. So for that price, I it's mean, a it's a good value. You know, yeah. What do you think of it, Rooster? I like it. I mean, it's it's kind of fits my flavor profile. I mean, I like the bold cigars. So especially, you know, after a meal or even with cup of coffee like in the afternoon and stuff it's i'm good you know what it is it's it's kind of like a large petite casadoras to me from tatawahe yeah a little bigger version of that i think it's a little bit spicier yeah maybe yeah more black peppery than Mm -hmm. uh, the casadoras casadoras i didn't get a lot of pepper in this for me a little bit. There, I mean, there, there is black pepper. It kind of builds up. You don't, you don't get it in the first third. I think after the halfway point, it really picks up. Am I going to get it in an eighth of an inch that's left here? Yeah, if you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you eat the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be getting notes of metal right now. I, I well, can't believe this. Well, He's got like a roach clip in there. Metallic. Correct. Metallic. M81. That's right. Notes of metal. Heavy metal. Black and... Do you think if we play another song, the vibrations are going to enhance the flavor? It very well could. It might extend it, too. It might. Yeah, if we play another tune. Yeah. So I got a question. So Pagoda was talking about bringing cigars, and we all brought cigars to Havana. Pagoda has obviously brought 3,000 3, cigars to the various <laughs> places he's visited over the last six months. We did the same in Panama. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So my question for you guys is, when you're planning now, even when we go to Havana, we bring our own cigars, right? No, we, we don't come home with that much, obviously, given the customs experience that we detailed, uh, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. on our first Havana recap episode. Uh, I certainly don't bring... I, I don't bring anything home. I, I come to you know, wherever I travel to with all the cigars I'm going to smoke. So I'm wondering for you, Pagoda, and all of the guys here, when you're traveling to the Caribbean, what what is the ratio, I guess, of Cuban versus non-Cuban that you're bringing with you? Good question. And, and what is the kind of layout of the rotation you're, you're planning for any given day when you travel to a Caribbean nation? If it's Panama, if it's Costa Rica, if it's Cuba, like wherever it is, what are you guys thinking now having traveled – as much as we have to various Caribbean nations? I think for this trip in Costa Rica, it was 50-50. So I did take a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, some of the unbanded uh, Cubans. Um, took a lot of D4s. It was also a lot of uh, celebrations. So uh, just wanted to make sure I took some of the cigars I really enjoyed. And then the rest were New Worlds, uh, which included anywhere from the Padron 50th anniversary at the 80th. Um, and, uh, you know... Exclusivos, my Dominicanas, which I love. And I also took a few of the Aging Room, the Sonatas, which I handed go. out. And uh, But overall, um, you is know, 50 the 50 with Is the that the yellow band? Yeah, the yellow band. We okay. have to review that. Yeah, we're going to yeah. do that on the pod. Yeah. True. Yeah. So 50 50 with, the, and by the way, I do have to tell you that uh, my buddy was uh, checking the bag in for me because he got a free, you know, checked in bag. It's like kind of really weird. But uh, got stopped. They opened my bag up again, and you? they found c- no. you. Oh boy! They found the cigars, and they talked a little bit about the cigars. This the is two for the two, lighters. by the way. <laughs> and uh, when you're an easy target, but you know, you know what it is is that in the lighters, all my, uh, you know, a lot of my, uh, the fuel was, you know, the butane was consumed. 
So they let go and they didn't take any lighters. But yeah, it was stopped again. Just the cigars. Yeah, but you know, having said that, you're allowed to bring, if you're able to purchase Cubans. By the way, on the streets, there were people selling Cohibas, the fake Cohibas. So, are you, know, you sure they're fake? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you you are allowed to bring back uh, Cubans uh, from uh, other parts of the world, except from Cuba, for personal consumption. Just if I. Hmm. So what do you what do you guys do when you're traveling now to so Senator you went to Panama and to Havana in recent weeks what what was your kind of planning I think for me usually when I'm traveling it's about 50-50 but when I go to Cuba it's more like 60-30 leaning more Cuban than so that doesn't 40. add up 60-40 Sorry 60-40 <laughs> Jesus You know what I like that <laughs> hey bam i uh, just wrote that down you know what check memo <laughs> <laughs> no like like Hector. Not, a, not a math guy this not is, a math guy. this is what uh this is what bourbon does <laughs> correct correct like hector louis a 10 percent. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah um but no i just think when you're in havana you know there's there's a romantic element about smoking a cuban cigar absolutely in Cuba. so I, of course for me i definitely skew more cuban there but everywhere else you know, you, you just, you can never predict the conditions, right? If it's super humid, you know, sometimes that can be problematic for how a Cuban with a thin wrapper is going to perform. You're guaranteed every time with most new worlds that whether it's windy, mm -hmm. whether it's too humid, whatever the case is, you're going to be able to smoke that and enjoy it. So that's why it's normally 50-50, but Cuba is definitely the exception. Mm. Yeah, I tend to go 70-30, 70 Cuban, wherever I go. I just prefer that when I'm away. And I don't, Put the Bovita packs in, especially if I'm going to a warmer climate. No Bovita for me, just right in the in the um, in the box. Seventy percent Cuban. Yeah, I didn't have any Bovita packs, and yeah. all my cigars smoked really well. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Even 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 the, uh, the even Cubans. The, even the Cubans smoked really, really well. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, in the morning I would wake up and have one of those unbanded cigars with coffee, and it was a great way to start the day. Smoked really well. Some of us are less finicky about. The RH. Correct. I am very finicky about RH, by the way. Even during travel. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm with Gizmo on this with travel in particular. I really do think, especially when you're traveling to some of the, like, either any Caribbean country when it's hot in the, like, midst of summer or just a hotter country. I mean, Costa Rica, you said it was like 90, right, yeah, in January. Hot. I have experience. I've done that before. The humidity can be so high, like you're Cubans, if, especially if you're there for a while, it can really start to absorb a it lot of that humidity. Yep. And I think yeah. it really messes up the smoking experience. So mm. I am a proponent of bringing a Bovita that can keep that down so it doesn't get too high. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to carry them in the five-finger bags. I think that kind of protect, like that. Yeah. protects the cigars. And if you want, you can throw in a 62 or 65 Bovita. And that kind of keeps them good. Lower. I, I used to go. What's I go 58. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 58 yeah. now too. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I go 58 on everything, by the way. Mm. I used to carry more Cubans and less of the new world. But the way the Cuban prices are, like I hate to kind of yeah, replace no. them this now. Is true. And, and, you know, so I carry, it's it's more like 60 new world and 40 Cuban now. Wow. Except, except when you go to Cuba. When you go to Cuba, you yeah. want to you wanna smoke more Cubans. Agreed. But also... They're accessible there, and it's hit or miss, but mm -hmm. you can kind of find some of the Cubans, some of the staples you can find. Like yep. we were able to find D4s, 
we were able, able, even able to find some punch double Coronas. Mm-hmm. Rass, and honestly, Monte the Christmas. unbanded cigars that we have, have had access yeah, to recently, that's are... kind of changed the game for, I think, a lot of sure. us. For me, for sure. If you can yeah. find Cuban cigars that don't have bands on them that you appreciate, there, there's a real value. Oh, in yeah. You know, d- oh, to yeah. have something that's $10, $12, $20, whatever it is. And delicious. You know, comparable yeah. to a $100 Cuban cigar, yep. it changes your uh, wanting to reach for them. It does for me. Me too. You know, but... You know, to uh, to all of your points, I mean, when I go to Cuba, I'm definitely packing more Cuban cigars mm-hmm. because, and only because, I know that indoors I can smoke more Cuban cigars, which is where primarily we're smoking, aside from where we're smoking on the rooftop early morning or late evening, we're often inside in a shop, in a lounge, where we're able to smoke Cuban cigars, so I'm reaching for Cubans. But outside of Cuba, it's probably 50-50 for me, but... You know, to Senator's point, I'm constantly going with a 58 Bovida to reduce humidity in every aspect of my cigar situation, mm. Cuban and New World. I'm trying to prevent anything from happening with with the humidity from going up. That's good you know? advice. And the only other reason for me, particularly when I go to Cuba, that I prefer to bring more Cuban cigars you're able to smoke more cigars in Cuba than arguably anywhere Absolutely. that you would go on vacation. And so the fact that the overwhelming majority of Cuban cigars are like medium, if I'm going to have eight cigars in a day, you know, most of my new worlds are for a more robust, full flavor profile, mm-hmm. right? I'm not smoking five new worlds a day. I'm smoking maybe, you know, three and yeah. the rest are Cuban. And primarily in the evening, you're doing those. Exactly. Right? So yeah. when I'm in Cuba, knowing that I'm going to be able to smoke so much, I like having a lot of medium sticks mm-hmm. and then those few, you know, closers to be full bodied new world cigars, where when I'm in other places that I'm going to smoke half of what I do in Cuba that's where I'm going to be smoking just as many New Worlds as I am Cubans. All right, boys, it's time to move into our ratings tonight. Are you guys ready to do the formal liquor rating on the blackened straight American whiskey? Yeah. Bam, bam, you're up. So I was between an eight and a nine on this. I didn't put a single chip of ice in my drink, and it really drank beautifully. It was delicious. No complaints at all. Um, will I go for this bottle? Maybe occasionally. So I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. Overall, the, the experience was very nice. Eight. Okay, Pagoda. I think I'm at an eight, too. Uh, I think uh, my experience with a couple of chips of ice was slightly better uh, uh, and uh, smaller sips. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think uh, that, you know, this drink with this uh, particular cigar really helped me a lot because I felt that after the cigar, I really did need something to follow up with, with a drink. And, you know, it provided a really nice... Uh, combination so i think the pairing really worked well in its own right uh but it's an eight for me senator this is surprising but I, i'm actually going to be slightly higher than both these guys i'm, I'm not surprised round up to a nine i'm not surprised and the reason for that again not being a huge bourbon person the fact that this i, I think this is where i do agree with pagoda this really helped the cigar for me and i thought it had just the right amount of sweetness not overly sweet like there are plenty of bourbons that are too sweet for my palate this was balanced enough but and i think you know giz mentioned like a cherry note that was in this in the bourbon that i think was unique i i don't know of a single other bourbon i've ever really gotten a cherry or 
really that many fruit notes. That's just like not normally yeah. what you get. And we did get a slight cherry note in the cigar, very slight. Faint. Right. You think maybe it's the brandy cask finish? Likely. It could, it could be. be. It very well could be. be. I mean, brandy, right, That that's all from fruit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. absolutely possible that that's the case. And I do think that like the finishing in that brandy cask for a 90 proof bourbon, I found it to be, you know, pretty smooth. Mm-hmm. And um and very drinkable. And I think the price point at forty dollars is That's I mean more than fair. It's ridiculous. So for all those reasons, I'm I'm gonna round up. I think this is, you know, one of the few or rare kind of celebrity spirits that I actually think does a pretty nice job. Yeah. So I agree with Senator. Uh, I, I've been at a nine since we started. I anticipated coming in, looking at this bottle with the Metallica logos all over it. I thought I was going to be at a six or seven. Yeah, it honestly, like, it looked like a gimmick. It yeah. looks like a gimmick. Yep. It still does, even after drinking it. But I was really intrigued by the complexity of it. I was intrigued by that cherry note, and I'm not a guy who likes cherry. I don't. I I don't reach for you know cherry in my 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 spirits. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like that. But there's a very nice dryness to this but though. It's as it's well. really really nice. And honestly, for me tonight, it was the star of the show. Like it, it really performed well. I think forty dollars a bottle is very, very reasonable. I think the fact that the four of us had this whiskey tonight, and it, 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 I think satisfied everyone. Absolutely, you know, and, totally and helped the cigar and yes, helped the did. cigar. And that's a good point. Helped the cigar. So for, I'm very, very comfortable at a nine. So the formal liquor rating boys is an eight point five. Very nice, which I think is very reasonable for a whiskey that's only been out a few years. Yeah, you know, and it, and and like Senator said is a celebrity-driven whiskey, which I think if we rated some of the other celebrity-driven spirits out there, I don't think they'd get an 8.5. So I guess we'll see at some point. You want to do the uh, Kendall Jenner tequila <laughs> oh, at some Jesus. point? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys ready to do the formal lizard rating on the M81 from Drew Estate, the blackened in Corona? Rooster, you're up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the project... The culmination of the project with uh, Robert Dietrich. Rob Dietrich, yeah. Rob Dietrich, uh, Jonathan Drew, and uh, James Hatfield. It kind of works. Yeah. I think they have delivered. Um, it's, uh, it's a cigar that's under $10. Uh, it delivers, you know, it's a smooth cigar. It's a bold cigar. I don't think it's for a novice smoker. It's for a seasoned smoker who likes that bold flavor profile at an affordable price. At affordable price, um, it has you know it has it has black pepper, it has leather, it has. Uh, I mean, it is lacking that sweet note. Maybe if somehow if that could be tweaked in the blend, I think it would score a little bit higher for me. So, having said that, I am at an eight. Okay, Senator. He's thinking. He's debating. Dun, 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 you can I'll play some Metallica, Bam. You can always change the, your score. It's I no thought he was going to be at a nine, so that's what's kind of thrown me for a loop. Yeah. This is while Senator's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have my rating. Have All right, here rating. we go. I'm at a seven. Ooh. Ooh! Wow! Brutal! <laughs> wow! Oof! And let's I'm, hear this. 
again, Rooster threw me for a loop because I really thought he was going to be at a nine and I was debating between a seven and an eight, but I, I'm definitely going to have to round down to a seven. And the reason is, um, I mean, number one, I, I would not pursue this cigar again. So I, I think most cigars I would rate an eight or higher, you know, I might in some form or fashion, you know, pursue and, and, and want to smoke again. I, I, there are merits to the cigar, right? I agree with Rooster. It's smooth for how bold the flavor profile is that they've tried to deliver. I just, you know, it goes back to when we first lit the cigar. I was expecting like really robust, distinct flavor notes that I was going to get out of the cigar. And I feel like everybody, when we started, we were getting a bunch of kind of faint notes, but just delivered in a bold way. And I just wanted those to be more pronounced and the lack of a defined sweet note throughout it at this bold a flavor profile for me just didn't meet what I would be looking for in a cigar like this. So I think the blend is not quite my speed and, um, I, I struggle to think of where I would slot this in. I think, you know, Gizmo had asked at one point, like, where would you smoke this? I mean, with the exception of Rooster, I don't think any of us, the rest of us would smoke this in the morning. No. I wouldn't smoke <laughs> it in the afternoon. And the problem for me is in the evening, I'd pick up a Padron any day of the week over this. So I just, I can't see anywhere that I would really regularly slot this in. So for that, I'm a seven. And that again means that if I had no other cigars available to me and someone handed me one sure i'd smoke it but am i going to go out and pursue this cigar i just wouldn't so if he were in prison he'd have to have it so <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question so you said i threw you in a loop if if had i scored it a nine you would have given it an eight no i'd still be having the same debate i just was shocked to hear how much i thought you liked the cigar and then you only gave it an eight i was just surprised by that eight's a good score yeah. It is, but you sounded like you liked it a lot more than that. That's all. Mm. Connoisseur Corner, a lot of influence here on Senator. Taylor. Correct. I was just surprised. You hear that, Bam? That's all. <laughs> so for me, boys, it's an eight. Uh, I, I've been at an eight since we started. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more complexity to the blend. I thought it paired very well with the whiskey, so that helped it. Um, I don't know, like Senator, if I'm going to reach for this or or go purchase a box of these. However, if it ended up in my face or I'm in a lounge and I had to choose a cigar, certainly for the experience it gave me tonight, it was very good. Mm -hmm. I think the important thing to note too is it's under 10 bucks. Yeah. It's a $9 cigar. And I think that that is a merit to it. So I'm into it. Eight is a fair score and I'm in eight all day. Mm -hmm. Pagoda. I scored an eight. Uh, You know, I was very excited by the flavor profile walking into the cigar. Um, You know, the way it looked... And after, uh, you know, uh, listening to the fact that it's all Maduro-driven, you know, that's typically within my flavor profile. Um, I really like the size. The combustion was good. Um, Overall, you know, I kind of agree with Senator in a way where I thought the flavor profile for me was very muted. I was looking for something a little more robust. I think that's a good word for it, muted. Mm-hmm. You were and looking for a more robust cigar. Robust, I mean, <laughs> to say flavor, flavor, not in strength. In flavor, in flavor yeah. not in yeah. strength. So I, um, and because I've had the leaguers, you know, I was, and I was thinking about where I'd slotted in and even towards the end of the nine, if somebody put a Papa's Fritas in this, I think I might just take the Papa's Fritas. Of course, yes. Yes. Me too. Of course. And, and of so, course. so considering all that, um, 
I think I think eight's a really good score. I also think that the drink kind of enhanced the cigar in a in a way. Um, and there was something, and I don't know whether I've used it before. It felt the cigar when I was puffing without the drink felt a bit dry. Um, and I'm not sure what drives that, but that was something I was. I think Senator said that too. Yes, then there's just not smoke. a defined sweet note in it. it there's not fruit. There's not uh, anything that you would deem sweet. I, there's not milk chocolate that at least would have some sweetness. And hmm. so for me, the bal- the the blend was so skewed toward espresso and like these drier, full notes that. I just wanted more balance so that uh, I'm, I'm not feeling what Pagoda is describing. I think it's more what I got out of this was more leather, earth, yeah, and dark espresso. Yeah, looks nice. That, that's it. So those you things know. I got in, a, in go. a very nice, smooth delivery, and it was the smoke was velvety. Uh, I'm going to go right into my rating. So on the retrohale is where I captured that faint sweetness at the finish of the retrohale, and there was a slight cherry there. If you're not retrohaling, there's something that you could miss in a lot of cigars. I highly recommend it if you can do it. I'm at an eight because of the combination of those things. Is it a sophisticated cigar? No. But I'm just rating it for what it is tonight and how it performed. It's beautifully made. That structure on the ash was very impressive. And the combustion was actually quite nice. And the price point was really good. Of course. Of course. So I'm going eight. So the formal lizard rating, boys, is a 7.8. It's fair for that. Yeah. Yeah. Sad but true. Sad but true. 7.8, boys. Well, you're away. Pain while you say. Oh, it's sad but true. Sad but true, boys. It's 7.8 tonight. Unfortunately, like like I said, you know the uh, the well, whiskey. Look, that's a mild recommend. The whiskey was the star of the show. Tonight. Yes, it was. That's the, the thing. cigar I mean, was not there. It's I'll true. Just, my it's last true. comment will be: Had we not had this whiskey with this, this would have been a frustrating experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's true. All right, so let's go through some of the other Drew Estate cigars we've smoked on the podcast. On episode ten, we did the Liga Pravada number nine, which was an eight point four. On episode 57, we did the Drew Estate Undercrown Maduro, which is 7.6. On episode 77, we did the Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Norteño Lonsdale, scored very well in 8.9. On episode 102, we did the Liga Pravada Unico Papas Fritas, which Pagoda mentioned, was an 8.2, which Delicious was little cigar. four points better than this. So yeah. unfortunately tonight, it didn't break 80, but... 7.8, boys, it is what it is. Yeah, mild recommend. Mild recommend, for sure. All right, so a great night, guys. On the Blackened Whiskey, we had a formal liquor rating of an 8.5. On the Blackened M81 in Corona, we had a 7.8. It is what it is. Sad but true. Good night overall. It was a good night overall, yeah. boys. Great conversation, great pairing, and we'll see everybody next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time. 
and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.